0: And the Oscar for Best Picture goes to... Read this, Alex, just in case. Oh, La La Land. Oh, it's actually Moonlight. Oh, oh wait, was that's it? that was like three years ago. I was about to say, Oops. it's a bit old. I mean, you know,
1: it makes sense.
0: Hey, I'll say Moonlight deserved it.
1: I'll, I haven't seen either movie, oh but my. that's what the critics said. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm a little... Hey, be proud of me. I've watched 11 movies this month.
0: Hey, look, there's going to be a lost media of me making the, the joke wipe from existence. What? From a second ago, the intro that was, the, oh, yeah. the alternate intro. Well, on, on Apple Music, we'll put the alternate intro. <laughs> I was about to say, there'll that'll be, there'll be, there'll be debates about what I actually be, that'll, said. That'll be
1: a behind the scenes or blooper thing we'll do at the end, at the end of our tenure. But yeah, welcome to Th- Through the Lens, the all things movie podcast brought to you by WEGL. I'm Alex alongside Davis, and we are completing our month of Oscar movies with this episode on the eight Best Picture nominees for the 2021 Oscars. We've done the biggest snubs. We've done the best actor and actresses. And now we are on to Best Picture and quite a slate of films we have. We've got Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Trial of the Chicago 7, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Sound of Metal, Minari, and The Father. We will break down all eight of those movies, six of which we've already talked about before. We have not talked about Trial of the Chicago 7 or Judas and the Black Messiah yet. We will talk about those movies the most, naturally, because we haven't talked about them yet. And then we will make our picks for the Best Picture, we will explain why a certain movie should or should not win it, and we'll finish off with our picks for Best Picture and maybe talk about some other uh, films that we think deserve certain awards. I think these some of these movies are very clearly, in my opinion, favorites for other awards as well throughout uh, the evening of the Oscars that will be this upcoming Sunday. But yeah, welcome to the show, and we'll begin, as we always Wait. do... I just want to say there's
0: an alternate timeline. There's diverging timelines where one episode a few, like a month or two ago, we did talk about Judas and the Black Messiah. In an oh, yeah, we did. We in did. an alternate timeline. We
1: did. We did. Very. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if Alex had watched it, we would have hey, talked hey, about hey. it. Hey, hey, It's not my fault. I know, I know. Mean, I know. He, Alex had a lot of work to do. I'm not, I'm not mad annota- at him.
1: Annotated bibliography, it was horrible.
0: Okay, I, for a second, I was like, just make you, I thought you were talking about your side of pages. I was like, that's not hard, but annotate, annotated bibliography is a lot different. 20 different.
1: sources with summaries on the 20 sources. Nah, man, it was a little difficult. I'll, I'll admit.
0: I think I could knock that out in two. I hours. had other
1: stuff too. I just can't remember what the other stuff was. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But um, if you're able
0: to, if you're able to hop timelines, there's one where, where, that that happened. There's true. also one where we probably had a
1: celebrity on. That's true. And there's also one where we had a different intro for this episode. That's true. I mean, you never know. Uh, but speaking of alternate timelines, you're gonna love this. Um, the Flash movie has been announced that its first day of filming occurred this past week, mm-hmm. with a logo and presentation of a of the main score. Davis, did you catch uh, the nope. logo? And well, I'll give you a brief uh, rundown of it. It was just posted. Just hey, day one has started. It was the logo and music playing in the background. And one thing that I noticed, Davis, no blue lightning. And instead, they gave they gave the Flash orange lightning instead of the blue lightning. And I'm not going to lie. I really liked the blue lightning from I Justice League. I did, too.
0: I hope they, Did they fix the way he runs?
1: I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Michael Keaton's in it. That's true. He'll be reprising his role as the 1989-1992 Batman. But I'm kind of frustrated that they got rid of the blue lightning because the orange lightning is the comic book accurate lightning. That's, sure, that's true. But I liked the uniqueness of the blue lightning. I also liked how it looked. I thought it looked really cool, and I thought, remember that scene when uh, Ezra Miller's Flash saved all the People from the falling debris. Really, really cool. Not to mention the soundtrack. The uh, the song sounded very, very similar to the soundtrack for the Flash TV show, which I was not happy about. Because make no mistake about it, I like the Flash TV show for what it is. But I think this show should try and separate it, or this movie should separate itself from a seven season long. What it is is just.
0: Oh my gosh! There's another person that has speed force we didn't know about.
1: The Flash there's TV. There's
0: another one. We 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 finally got rid of all the speedsters. Oh my gosh, there's another speedster.
1: The Flash TV show, we could talk about that for I mean, there's so many things that I dislike about that show from every episode being the recycled, uh Barry meets villain, Barry gets his butt kicked by villain. Let's not forget the one time the Flash was outrun by a motorcycle. He's not... I was watching... I watched a YouTube video about how that's not the actual
0: Flash because he's not as fast in the no, show. Yeah, no, he's, he's not at all. Ezra Miller showed up in that one episode. That's true, he did. He I don't did. watch the Flash. I, but I, I just know it. I, 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 I watched the first four seasons. I was watching a video about how comical how many speedsters show up is.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit of an oversaturation, honestly, but I just would wish the movie would differentiate itself from that because I think it has, you know, a unique story to tell and I think the Blue Lightning made it unique and I think it made it sound. I think it made it look really, really cool, but... We'll see what happens, you know. It's unfortunate. And uh, in other movie news, Mortal Kombat released today. This is not necessarily a remake of the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie, but it is still based off the Mortal Kombat video games. And not to critical acclaim. Some people are loving it for its dumb action movie uh, style, (coughs) excuse me, style, and other people are not fans of it at all, actually. So I plan to watch it eventually just for the sake of it, you know, because it's on HBO Max for free, might as well, right? But not doing so hot. It has Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion, which I was very excited about that. He's 59 years old, still doing his own stunts. Uh, He of fame from the likes of Avengers Endgame and The Last Samurai. But yeah, that movie released today on HBO Max. Also, Russell Crowe confirms he'll be playing Zeus in Thor, Love and Thunder. Thoughts on that, Davis? I saw a thing about how
0: Ireland stays winning in the MCU or or as superheroes or something like that. What do you mean? Well, they... Who was it? I can't remember. They have Russell Crowe. Uh, I'm blanking. There's more Irish. They've got one. They've got more. Well, I know, but you, you've you only given me one. I know. I just said for, I forgot the others. Michael Fassbender.
1: He's, or he's English. Is he Irish? I thought he was German. No. no wait, that's because he could speak German already. That's yes. what it was. My mistake. I think he might be Scottish. We're going to have to wait for a second while Davis uh, Ooh, look, look, checks this the, out.
0: He's, he's from Germany, but I, I he's
1: Irish-German. Michael Fassbender is ah, Irish-German, so I, I we'll take that so. as a dub for me. That's Oh, my Lord. Um, additionally, the Shang-Chi trailer uh, released, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Dave, did you catch the trailer? No, but is it
0: Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi? Uh, Ke- Kevin
1: Feige pronounced it Shang-Chi at okay, the cool. announcement for the movie, so I was going to go off that. I, I had assumed it was Shang-Chi, but I also know the pronunciation can be very yeah, different, yeah, so yeah. I, I was totally glad that sure. I was able to hear him uh say it so I could know how Marvel was going to pronounce it and yeah it. I didn't see it but I did see a tweet from the
0: actor that's playing Shang-Chi like three years ago being like when, the, when's yeah, there gonna like, be an Marvel, Asian American superhero I, Marvel
1: that's exciting and, I, and I'm excited for it in certain regards I just I worry about the connection of the MCU because uh, this movie and the Eternals are both coming up and I, I'm all for the MCU going off the grain in a sense but like just doing a movie just for the sake of it, you know it doesn't look like it differentiates itself that much And a lot of these movies, they can't, you know, set themselves apart. They just have to do something within the context of the MCU, right? Like Ant-Man 2, right? Ant-Man 2, in my opinion, is not a great, great movie. And it doesn't stand out a lot, except for the fact that it has a very key part of the MCU timeline with sending Scott Lang into the Quantum Realm, which sets up Endgame. That makes it an important movie in the grand scheme. And this movie, I worry that it won't differentiate itself much. Honestly, kind of like Captain Marvel... Because for me, Captain Marvel, it explains who the character is, but it doesn't, you know, add anything else. It doesn't, like, the scrolls are kind of a one-off. Until we get the Secret Invasion TV show, which they're working on right now, Amelia Clark actually just got casted in that. Until then, you know, we aren't going to have, um, you know, where's the connection there? And I think that is one thing that helps a lot of MCU movies, but it can also hurt them if they don't have that connection, and I worry what the connection will be.
0: I, I want to say something. I know last week, yeah, it was last week, I was hating on MCU movies. Kind of a common theme the past few weeks. I was about to. Say I, that. I do like. I, I've been watching Falcon. I like MCU. I like Marvel and all that. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like they got to change the formula for these movies. They got to make a like uh, a movie that doesn't fit the same the same formula. Because like you could all these movies basically have the same backbone. Like I agree. There's no like change of genre yep. really. But I know. Uh, the multiverse, uh, multiverse of madness, is that what's called? Uh, Strange Two, yeah, multiverse of madness. It's supposed to be like a horror film because Sam Raimi's directing it, so it's supposed to be a little different. But I think I was thinking about it. They should make like a movie, kind of like Unbreakable, or like, like they need to take a different take on the superhero within it. They could do like a. a an X-Men but like
1: chronicle. I agree. I think, be I think cool. the MCU had a bit of, you know, um complexity at the beginning of its tenure because a lot of people hate the two Thor movies, but one thing that was very distinct about the movies is that as I I've been watching some clips from those two movies, the first two, is that, you know, Thor being in the in uh, you know, on on Earth, he was kind of, you know, the fish out of water, but when he was on Asgard, Asgard was a very different like, you know, just climbing in a very different like style and they, they all spoke very differently, and it kind of melted away with Ragnarok because those movies didn't succeed. And I think they become more uniform because you look at it, I mean, every movie they make is a success because yeah. they stick to that formula. But I think there needs to
0: be, like, a Logan-type movie, or more Logan-type, not like, I'm not saying as good as Logan, because that's a hard bar to reach, but, like, more serious. I agree. More substantial. I
1: agree. More thematic. Alex? What does thematic mean? I think it means it has themes, bro. It, it, it involves themes. I, I, it w- you know what movie doesn't involve themes. themes?
0: Some movies, like so all movies, have a theme, but some are kind of way worse than some others. Some
1: the theme are to the wayside versus the theme being yes. a primary element.
0: Like I'd say most Marvel movies, the theme there is is like there's a theme, like aside. you can pick out a theme, but like
1: yeah. fal or like uh, Falcon and the
0: Winter Soldier, there's a very obvious theme if you watch it. Yeah. Not I wouldn't say super obvious, but there's a theme in certain. It also becomes more
1: obvious towards the later. Which I I I, I like that is doing that. I support it as well. I think, it's, a, well. Very I think it's definitely They're doing something it very, to pretty well.
0: Yeah. I uh think. Winter Soldier, the movie, that one had a theme. about I agree. Like, espionage, government. But those are like the, they all have themes, but like those are the two that really stick
1: out to me. Yeah, and a lot of them were, you know, they're there, but they're not the main focus. Ant-Man's about getting family. That's kind of their theme. But that's that's kind of, you know, the generic theme. So I think I think what we're looking family. for is not so much just the presence of a big theme and the importance of it, but also a non-generic one. Because, like, all Fast and the Furious movies have a theme. One last ride for family, Davis but oh, um, I don't think that necessarily makes it good. I think it's the presence of a unique theme that is not normally addressed. And speaking of Marvel, we got a lot more to talk about with Marvel. A lot is happening this week, as always, because Marvel's always in the news. Falcon and Winter Soldier, the final episode, aired last night. I will not spoil it, because Davis has not I mean, seen it I, I did watch the, fir-
0: the other two, or four and five, mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. I gotta say, screw John Walker, man. I don't like him. I know that's kind of the point, but like, some people are like, he was justified in killing that guy. Yeah,
1: some people are like oh he's, conf- he's a conflicted character. I'm like Oh, no, he's, he's just still a, a bad jerk. Guy. I was about to say he's, he's not he's, conflicted. He's he's, he's literally a bad his guy.
0: power went to his head. He's a bad guy. And it was literally when he was like
1: when Lamar was like I don't, don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, because it is very fresh. But um also Captain America four has been announced uh, right off the uh, back of Falcon Winter Soldier episode six. I watched it. I thought it was a good ending. <laughs> Excuse me. Not my favorite episode though. I'll pick episode four and five to be my two favorite episodes. When they were by fixing far. that boat, I was really feeling. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Very, very. And ep- Sarah and Bucky were flirting. Two. I was about to say, I was like, oh, oh, uh oh, this is this is intense. Uh, we're just waving to JP as he walks out of the uh out of the out of the uh, bullpen. We just weagle just finished up their 50th anniversary 24 hour special. So by the way, happy birthday to Weagle. Um, very exciting times.
0: Happy that- Felice
1: <laughs> Oh Lord, we ain't doing a whole song now. Um. The whole 50th will be re-airing on Sunday, which is the fifty or official, excuse me, fiftieth anniversary. So the twenty-four hour special will re-air then, so you guys can check it out if you want. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting. And again, Falcon Winter Soldier aired last night at two a.m. I slept to watch it. It was pretty good, and I think the MCU shows are doing solid. We'll see how they continue that success. They got later Loki on. coming up. It's true they do. Which I'm a bit, I'm a bit sketched about that one because are they going to remember that it's the Loki from two thousand twelve? remember, it is. But he was
0: mind controlled. They're not going to, by the way, so they're, you know. They're not going to remember. They're going to have the quirky, funny, uh, morally conflicted Loki from the recent ones that all uh, the fans You've got to be honest with yourself. I mean, I don't have insider info, but you've got to be honest with yourself. That is the people that the fans love. There's all the.
1: I liked him at his best in Avengers 2012.
0: I, looking I, back on Avengers 2012, it wasn't that good. It had its moments. It had, it had its of, moments, but like but looking I,
1: back on it, like as a
0: movie. It was just like a. It was just like a TV. Sh- like I know I keep saying that, but it was like TV quality. Looking at like like the saturation of the film and all their costumes, it looks so looks so cheesy.
1: Yeah, it, they come a long way yeah. since then. That was Joss, That's Joss Whedon for you, though. Yeah, but I liked Loki at his best in that. He was very, you know, like evil. He wasn't. you but know. But he was mind controlled, Alex.
0: That was. He wasn't. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They they retconned that he was being mind controlled by Thanos. Really? Yes. Well, he had in, the Mind Stone already. And when?
1: Or so, something like so, he was somehow under con- the control of Thanos. Oh yeah, because they did retcon that he had the Mind Stone. Cause, yes, which it doesn't make any sense, by the way. But anyway, because um, then
0: because then Loki becomes all nice and redeemable, apparently, mm-hmm. even though he destroyed New York.
1: I didn't recall them retcon that, but I'll look that up after pretty the show. Sure, I'm stuff. pretty sure it was something like that. Could you could you could like, you look that up while I talk about some more stuff? Um, if you don't mind, I I just really want to know the answer to that because I'm very curious. Also, uh. We can also talk about this after Davis looks this up. Uh, two more things. Sony has struck a deal with Disney to bring Spider Man films to Disney Plus starting in twenty twenty two and the deal lasts till twenty twenty six. So now Sony has a deal with Netflix to send all Spider Man movies to Marvel Netflix. Marvel confirms first. Loki was mind controlled in the Avengers. That was twenty eighteen. No. That's horrible. What?
0: Should've expected it. What? Because he becomes this Oh my well, he becomes he becomes this this I'd say a more of a hero than an anti-hero. He's still kind of morally conflicted, but like he was an irredeemable character before that. I'd say like morally, yeah, because he killed like millions of people in New York. Yeah, like
1: like um like a uh, Black Widow says he's killed eighty people in two days at one point. And that's the beginning of the movie. Maybe not millions, but still. No, no, one... no. In in New York, definitely. But, but I'm like that was in, that was the beginning. he yeah. like had the scepter. and but but, in but then it becomes
0: it becomes all funny and quirky and cool. But, Man. I mean, like his character now is like. I don't mind him. That that scene where like in Ragnarok where they're like, "I got bit by a snake."
1: It made me chuckle. That's kind of, is uh, improvised. I know, um, I know. But oh, where? man, you, that's Alex. just that man. Why? I seen that coming. Ah, want to talk about that during our MCU themed episodes, which we keep hinting at. Eventually, we'll do it. I'm sure. But Alex just keeps bringing it up. have yeah. one more episode this hey, semester. Hey, hey, hey! I'm planning for the future, Davis. Alex, last like a, a month or two ago, he's like, "I say for our junior year, we have a trilogy." theme. I'm like Alex. We still have, we have to worry about this no, year. No, no, it wasn't for my junior. It was for our senior year because it would be the third year of this show. No, you said our junior because of the our third year here. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Well, that's not what it was in my head. I, I don't. I, I remember you said junior. I was like, I, okay. I, I don't know about that. Also, um, Billboard put up in LA that has asked Marvel Studios to bring back Tony Stark. Grow
0: up. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Grow up. Can't get what you want.
1: I mean, why?
0: Because everybody loves t- Robert Downey Jr. So funny. But
1: like, like.
0: Like, Everybody loves Iron Man. When like, Ironheart comes along, imagine all the fanboys freaking out when that happens. There's gonna be, I can't say that. There's gonna be, uh, uh, uh it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> There's gonna be a storm, and it's gonna be something you don't like. Let's just say okay, that. Okay, there you go, there you go.
1: Um, I, like, why? It's fine that he died. His character arc ended. He'd been in movies for 13 years. Which I, you know, I think, I think the way he died was all
0: right, even I'm though it was annoyed. a little corny. I am Iron Man. That was that was kind of un- ridiculous, a little corny. But I'm also you know. a little.
1: In, I've always been a little annoyed. The whole oh man, Iron Man. You know what? A, what a long story. Like, Hugh Jackman was in more movies for a longer amount of time. But hey, we're gonna talk about that. Well, those movies weren't as good. That's true. X Men kind of bad. They had but
0: like three good movies.
1: More than three. Four. Honestly, that's days Five. of future past.
0: Uh, Logan. Logan. X-Men I don't count. 1, 2. I don't know. I don't count Logan. I know it technically is, but I'm talking about like X Men before it. Oh, days so future days past. of future past. First class, not first class. He's not in it. He, I mean, he's cameo. The, but I like that one, but he, yeah, he's in it for a minute, so not that one.
1: X Men One and Two, the first two are very good. I don't I can't remember if I've seen those. or the, not. the first two is when um, what's his face? Uh, the opening scene is him trying to assassinate the president, and he like teleports across the hallway. It's very cool. I barely um, remember that. Man, they're good movies. I'd also, I like the Wolverine movie where he's in uh Japan. I like that one. I don't Origins? like X Men Origins. No, 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 no. There's another one. I haven't. You made called, so many of those movies. It's just I... The Wolverine. It's like it's like James Mangold's prequel to Logan. I don't he remember made that. Then he made Logan. Oh, I do know what you're talking about
0: because he fights the the robot. Yeah. the Big the big the Wolverine robot at the robot. end is kind of clunky. And it turns but... out to be his friend, and the guy's like. Logan. <laughs> 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 and he's like, I forgive you. I understand now. I like that movie. I kind of forgot that existed. I've seen a video about it.
1: I don't DVD. It's a good movie. You I know, mean, it has moments. X
0: Men Origins has his moments. No that opening scene where it's him and Scott Kahn. Oh. Is that Scott Con? No, it's not Scott, no, Kahn. It's Who not Scott it? Con. Who is it? It's Scott Kahn. Are you sure? Yes. Are you 100% sure? I feel like it's Scott Kahn in my mind right now. It's
1: not. Also, I'm pretty sure it's Scott. Is it Scott? Is it pronounced Con? Yes. Are you sure? Let's find out. No, where is it? It what is, is it? absolutely not him. Are you ta- what scene are you talking about? The, you know, like, the opening scene where it shows them, like, going through
0: time? Yeah. Oh, it's Lee Schreiber. Yeah,
1: it's Lee. You, you were talking about Sabretooth, and you... Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. I oh. just... Well, I know he was
0: in a movie I've seen Ooh. recently, and Lee Schreiber was in uh, Spotlight.
1: Oh, you watched Spotlight recently? Yeah, I own it, Alex. Oh. <laughs> Golly, I told you about that. I, my bad. Was Le- I saw Lee Schreiber in something else recently. Lee Schreiber's great, but yeah, I really like the opening scene there. But the rest of the movie, eh... So
0: Leave Schreiber's in Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse.
1: Yeah, don't he, say yeah. Who is he? I, oh man, I know. I think he's Kingpin.
0: I was about to say. I feel like he's probably Kingpin. Is he Kingpin? I don't know. I'm checking. Well, watch what? Watching. I'm right. It's Kingpin. It's Kingpin. <laughs> well, I was gonna. I was gonna guess Kingpin too.
1: Let's go. Marshala Ali's in it too. He's uh. uh, he's uh Uncle Aaron. Uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was blanking there. But um, yeah. So what even were we talking about? No, oh, we were no. talking. We were talking about the Hugh Jackman thing. Um. But yeah. Anyway. There's two more things in news, then we can get right into these Best Picture movies. Um, so Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV show will have a budget of $465 million. You're shaking your head, Davis. That's so much.
0: <laughs> Imagine what we could do with that money. Uh
1: yeah I could go I could go on vacation not I'm
0: not talking about us I wasn't talking about us <laughs> personally know, but I guess w- also personally <laughs> we could do a lot with that
1: <laughs> I know you weren't talking about us that's why I deliberately took it in that direction I wasn't gonna bring
0: it I wasn't gonna go any further. <laughs> I guess I could go on a cool pretty cool vacation <laughs> with five hundred million dollars I, I could just go backpacking across Europe dude you don't need you could you could do that with twenty bucks <laughs> you get a plane or two hundred let's say two hundred you get over there you just go you okay, just walk
1: yeah. yeah. I could go to Tokyo Disney, dude. I guess you could, you could go to Super Mario World. Oh yeah, that's in, that's Universal, yeah. Very very exciting. No, that's oh. in Japan. No, that, the Universal in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. I, thought, I, I was differentiating between Disney. I, and was about the, I was like Universal
0: in Florida. is definitely
1: not there. They're they're gonna though actually. I know, very very exciting. You want to um, hear You want hear your crazy take? Oh oh. Universal's kind of better than Disney. In terms of rides, yes.
0: In terms of immersion, now. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's go. I'll, I'll say that because like Disney, like just the Disney feel, doesn't have the Mummy. Doesn't have Rip Ride Rocket, doesn't have Spider-Man or the Hulk. I don't like Spider-Man. Oh, I mean the Hulk. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think I went on Spider-Man. Was that the one we just go straight up? No, no, no. That's the one where you're like in a car and like it's very like old screens. I don't remember that. Maybe it's, I didn't go on that one. It's, it's, oh no, yeah. because no, J. Jordan James is in it. He's like, I need pictures of Spider Man.
1: <laughs> yes, he is. Um, but The Harry Potter world? That's Simpsons ride never been on that one it's that was pretty every fun in, but uh sucks and their rumors are they're gonna be shutting it down actually because no! Disney now, so they're just gonna yeah yeah monopoly's my right yeah but they did just build a new one called the VelociCoaster very exciting and dress well let's let's get on let's, anyway anyway is
0: insane I'm yeah. sure it's probably gonna be great they're probably going to Elijah w-
1: Elijah Wood to come back I don't know I don't know I look Chris- for- uh, uh, I look uh, forward to it not Christopher Lee uh is, well, I mean, E. McClellan. E. A, oh, Christopher got, Lee did play The Other wizard, but name. he's also, uh, he passed away a few years yes, ago. Not, so he cannot play. Great actor, though. Well, um, I mean, Sauron,
0: Sauron's dead. In, or not Sauron, Saruman. We well, have yeah, I, anyway. I don't know if
1: it's a prequel or a sequel.
0: Oh, I don't know either. I don't, I don't know either. Gollum's way. in it, so it could be a prequel. Oh, maybe. It could also be maybe. a sequel. We'll no, see, it right. can't be a sequel because, spoiler alert, Gollum died. <laughs> spoiler
1: alert. Spoiler <laughs> <laughs> for a movie 20 years old. Hey, did you know that? Hey, uh, did you know that like like they win? Like they, did you blo- know they that destroy the ring Who did? played?
0: what's his name? Did you know Aragorn actually broke his foot when he kicked that that helmet? That's <laughs> why so he screams like that. If I hear that if I hear that tidbit one more time on Cool Movie Facts, I'm gonna scream. <laughs> we, everybody knows it already. It's the same thing being like did you know that this scene with uh, Ryan Reynolds likes to improvise? It's,
1: it's like me saying that that uh, Chris Hemsworth improvised yes, the snake. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. It's not like I've heard it a thousand times <laughs> after that movie came
0: out. Did and, you know that <laughs> Jared Leto sent rats to Margot Robbie on the set of Suicide Squad? <laughs> oh, I didn't. Thanks, Screen Rant. It's a thousandth time you made an article about it. <laughs>
1: hey, Davis, did you know that Vin Diesel is going to be making a Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> movie? How are they going to? It's just real steel. I love Real Steel. Look, that's
0: our friend friend of the show, Chris Tobias, made that take. Oh yeah. We, we did. were talking about Real Steel, and someone said the Rock, and he's like, "That's just
1: Real Steel." I was like, "That's a good take, Chris." That's a good take. Real Steel's good. Real, Hugh Jackman's in Steel. it. Jack, the Hugh Jackman cinematic universe, bro. It's I crazy. I
0: had the iPad game really? where you'd play, and you like you have to swipe up. It was so, but you can't. I, I can't find it anymore. You can't uh, It was so it must fun. Must be discontinued. Good movie though.
1: I like it. It's a good movie.
0: Underrated movie. I, I would to say totally good. It probably has. I was to say issues. it has. Just it, has it. it has some. I haven't just seen this as I was in. Like
1: the 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 child actor has some moments. I'm just like, it it it. it. But uh, other good moments uh, in that movie. But anyway, <laughs> through nearly 25 minutes of news, Davis, are you ready to talk about the best picture movies? You you skip some news. D- Sony struck deal. I, I mentioned that. That's when you were Googling the uh, thing. Oh, I right didn't hear. Okay, we can go to the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Davis the movie. just really wants to talk about this news. All right, so... Well, just, uh, we were having a good time. Why don't we talk about um the two movies that we haven't seen yet, or hadn't seen yet, or talked about at least, and then we'll talk about which one should win Best Picture and whatnot. How about that? You think okay. that's a good Charles, That You mean Charles
0: Chicago said... And, and Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah. Messiah. So why which don't I we... have both... I've seen... Charles Chicago said probably seven times now. Hey! So just a fun fact for you, I really love this movie, but I'm going to go ahead and preface this... Shouldn't win Best Picture. And we, we can get into Go that. Go ahead. I just yeah. blew your mind right there. Let, let's
1: talk about this I movie. How can you so. watch the
0: movie seven times and not think it should be Best Picture. <laughs> okay, yeah, you, Dave, David's getting a little fiery. somehow no, I was just I was just doing an impression of a nondescript person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Anna's gonna send us that text. We're like, uh eh, you know, who's this,
0: Who are you impersonating? David? She, no,
1: she no, she's gonna send the text. How can you watch it seven times and not get Best Picture? There's gonna be ten seconds. Be like, oh, oops. oops. But we'll get into that. Um, so the Trial of Chicago Seven is the story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention, in Ch- National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. I don't necessarily agree with the word uprising, but that's what IMDb used to describe it. I would say more protests, if anything. But so this movie is dealing with, um, in 1968, uh, a, after years of civil rights movement and, uh, as described in the movie, the far left movement, uh, the Democratic National Convention was going to nominate Hubert Humphrey, who a lot of... Democratic voters and supporters around the country were not happy about it, so they went to Chicago to protest the convention and get their voices heard. Maybe they
0: are protesting Hubert Humphrey because most of the the protesters wanted to get out of Vietnam, and Hubert Humphrey would have kept us. Exactly. It did, little known fact, the Democrats were the reason we were in Vietnam. That, and, that, and the that, Republicans that didn't addressed, help it either. That movie the the addressed Republicans that, kept us there until that, Richard Nixon got the,
1: out. The, Yeah, but I say the movie addressed the fact that it's just bad on all sides, yeah. really, at, at this point. And that's the idea. is It's a very much a lot of civil rights protests as well as protests against the war. You've also got... Uh, David Dellinger, one of the seven who was a conscientious objector in World War II, which leads to one of my favorite jokes in the movie is when- I'd uh, punch you too. That, that was hilarious. Well, look, so- no. <laughs> But anyway, go ahead. Uh, well,
0: You know, I forgot what I was going to
1: say. Oh, my gosh. Keep talking. It'll so come back So the, m- the movie is- has. Oh, it, no, no, no I, I got it.
0: So the, go the trial of the Chicago 7, very real trial. Most of this movie is real. They kind of embellished a little bit yeah. to make it more dramatic. It's actually even crazier in real life, but this was probably the most famous trial of all time in America history until O.J.,
1: in ter- yeah, in, ter- in terms of the popular coverage and in the news and whatnot. Yeah, it and definitely this was is the
0: closest America has ever gotten to a strictly political trial, which I, a lot of people, I think it is personally. A lot of people. I mean, it, it's too. it's certainly they the movie certainly frames it as such. they put well they put them on trial for their beliefs. Yeah, uh, basically, and
1: and the, and the movie frames it as such with um the new attorney general joining in with the Republican administration that won in 1968, who immediately goes after, uh, the seven from the. His name's uh, John Chicago. Mitchell. Yeah, that's right, John Mitchell. And I got to say, let's just talk about this movie in terms of its strength. Unbelievable cast. I'm just going to list off some of the names we got right here. You got Eddie Redmayne as I Tom I can name Maiden. him off the top of my head. Alex Sharp as Rennie Davis. Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman. Frank Langellia as Judge Julius He played Hoffman. Nixon in Frosty Nixon. He did. Uh, Jeremy Strong as Jerry Rubin. John Carroll Lynch, also known as the Zodiac Killer, as David Dellinger. Just kidding, but if you've seen Zodiac, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Mark Rylance as William Kunstler, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Richard Schultz, and Michael Keaton as Ramsey Clark, just to name a few. I mean, the movie is stacked from top to bottom with one of the best casts in recent memory. The guy that played Bobby
0: Steele, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, I- is going to be Candyman.
1: Really? He was also he was also Black Manta in um, yes. In, yes. Uh, Atl- in Aquaman, which he was really good in that as well. But yeah, I think the first thing foremost, this cast is unbelievable, Davis. Really also, think-
0: uh, you didn't mention Kelvin Harrison Jr., He's not that big, but he was in this movie called Waves I watched recently. He was stellar in are you that. you playing this? Played Fred Hampton. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't see his name in the list. Check out Waves. It's it's a, it's a it's rough around the edges, but it's basically like two movies put into one fall on one family. It has, it, has, uh, it has Sterling K. Brown in it. Huh? You know Sterling K. Brown? Yeah, I know
1: Sterling K. Brown. Kelvin Harrison,
0: Uh, Lucas Hedges. It's an A24 movie.
1: You and your A24 movies. Davis is basically the official representative. Of My <laughs> friend McKenzie told me to watch it, and I checked I it out. It was good. It was solid, good. Solid, solid. But yeah, I think... You know, Davis, what do you like about this movie? A Look,
0: so o- overall, uh, little known fact about actually not little known at all. We talked about it on the show. I'm now a law and justice major. Oh yeah, because my interest in law, and I love lawyer movies. Yeah, I say love. I, uh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoy. They're very. Law yeah, movies. As do I. As do I. I've seen The Rainmaker probably five times. Rainmaker really Seven good. times. I've seen this seven times. I've seen A Time to Kill probably four times. I can a Trial of Old Drum is what got me started. Ah. That's a little known movie for you. I, I it's re- about a dog I, that he. I recall. They they accuse the dog of eating sheep, and they take him to trial. It's it's. I found it on YouTube in the Spanish dub for free. You were there for that.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. You and Aaron Folk were there. I was, for, I, was, I, the I, that. I recall the absurdity of that. But anyway. Okay, but
0: like I was saying, uh, law movies are even though, it, it, law movies aren't very accurate, as accurate to like real life law. Real life law is a lot more boring. There's not big outbursts. And I think this movie's pretty accurate for the most part. It doesn't, like, show the entire. But overall, I think it's a great movie. It's a very interesting story. I'm very interested in politics as well. And this has to do with politics I'm interested in. A very big trial, very famous trial. Yeah. Overall, I think they did well. The actors did great. Uh, the composition of the movie was well. But I will say, technically, yeah. not like, not like uh, it- uh, on a technic level, technical level of the movie, it's not it doesn't blow anything out of yeah, the water
1: it's just, it's just it's just average at that and that's because you know it's got it's uh the screenplay which was nominated for best uh original screenplay is written by Aaron Sorkin Aaron Sorkin is famously one of the best writers working today in Hollywood wrote West Wing wrote uh the social network and then wrote this and he wrote this script over 14 years ago and is trying to begin to, trying to get a director to direct the film for years and nobody decided to do it so he decided he just wanted to direct it himself and Get this movie out there, and I think you can see that because this is one of his first. I think it's his directorial debut. It is, and it's it's not as strong suit. His writing is top tier. I think the intro scene where it's the rapid fire dialogue introducing the characters is exactly Aaron Sorkin. That is trademark for anybody who watched West Wing and watched the hallway talking. That's exactly what he does, and that's what he does at his very best. And he does it here in this movie. Look,
0: I think if if this movie was made like we talked about, Piece of a Woman, the 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 uh courtroom scene in that was really shot well. I think if the whole movie was kind of like Pieces of a Woman, the courtroom scene just there, it would be it probably be the r- front runner. I agree. Also, I agree. if Francis Ford Coppola who's who directed Rainmaker, if they could have got he great movie, great law movie. If they had gotten him on this, another person that would have made the made it more technically. He working on the Godfather astounding. Part
1: 3 director's cut for a while, I don't so <laughs> Leave it be. Just make a new movie, please, Francis. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I think, you know... I, I, yeah, I basically, think, if it had a better I would director. say this. You know, if Best Picture is a very interesting um award because it's the last award of the night because it is a compilation... It's a compilation thing. Accumulation is the word. Accumulation of things. It's not just the best directing. It's not just the best writing. It's not just the best score editing. It is all of those things working well together. You know, you've got to have great actors as well. You've got to have great performances Traditionally, that's why you see movies that win Best Picture are nominated for a number of other movies. This was nominated for an additional, uh, for six total Oscars uh, this upcoming Sunday. And I think, in terms of emotional impact, this movie's top three for me among the eight Best Picture nominees. This movie had me angry at a number of moments. It had me uh, wanting to smack Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was angry at the judge a number of times, upset when poor Dellinger punched that uh, bailiff and then didn't even realize it because he was a conscientious objector. I remember that callback. And in terms of emotional impact, it has that. It just, from a lot of technical levels, its music is not very memorable at times, and technically it's just not very top tier in that regard. The story it tells is amazing. The cast of characters is amazing. The performances are unbelievable, but it just doesn't do enough to win Best Picture. It's a great movie. You should all see it. It deserves a nomination, but I think... In terms of technical aspects, it just, it just won't cut it this year, especially considering the other seven nominees that it runs up against. But is there anything else you want to talk about for Charles before we move on to just the Quick next? few
0: fun facts. Oh. If you watch this movie, Judge Julius Hoffman was actually a lot worse in real life, a lot more infuriating. Imagine being Bill Kunstler, or William Kunstler, Bill Kunstler and Leonard Weinglass. He also messed up Leonard Weinglass's name way more in real life. Uh, imagine being them for six months having to deal with that. And it, it barely showed that in the movie. I, I guess it did, but, like, it was a lot longer in real life. And also, uh, fun fact, I told you this about the, before the show, but another movie that we talked about on the show, Malcolm X, for the Black History Month episode, Bill C- the real Bill Kunstler plays the judge that sends Malcolm and
1: Shorty to jail in that,
0: if you've seen the movie.
1: I think I remember you saying that before I would seen Charles. I was like, I don't know I, who that is, but now I say,
0: Famous I civil rights lawyer, along with uh, Bobby Seale's lawyer, Charles Gary, another famous civil rights lawyer. Bill Kunstler was more known for being a little uh, more spe- more into spectacle. He'd go to protests. He'd he'd uh, he'd light up if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like he actually did. He he was at Woodstock. I'm pretty sure. I think I read that somewhere. Like he was pretty known for being out with the counterculture Ra- people. rather
1: rather rather public. I should say. And yeah. that's
0: why. And that's why in the movie Tom or. Uh, uh, Tom Hayden was like he did he
1: didn't think he was serious enough. That's why I got Winner, Leonard Wine. The ah, there you go. There you go. But yeah, that, I that's it for that. It's a great movie. Check great it movie, out. but I'm not sure if it uh so deserves it at that it's point. It's a good movie to just kinda
0: like if you need to do something to put on the background, like you need you need to waste two hours. I wouldn't say waste two hours. You need you, you need to go somewhere in two hours, you don't know what to do. Put this movie on. Time flies it like it, it flies past. It's that good to me.
1: Yeah, I completely Take agree. Take that from that. someone that's seen it seven times. <laughs> That's true. You certainly have seen quite a few. Um, So then you've got uh, the next movie being Judas and the Black Messiah. This is uh, the other movie that we watched that was not nominated for Best Actor or Actress. We did not cover it until now. This is the story about how Bill O'Neill infiltrates the Black Panther Party for FBI agent, Agent Mitchell and J. Edgar Hoover. And as the party chairman, Fred Hampton ascends to power and... And falling for a revolutionary en route, a battle wages for O'Neill's soul as he just is torn between two worlds, essentially. And I gotta say, great movie. Really. I mean, it's it, there's almost so many moments where it's like, unbelievable, these things actually happen. Specifically the end, which we can get to in a moment. But this movie stars... LaKeith Stanfield as Bill O'Neill. Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton. Jesse Plemons, who is always the bad guy, by the way. He, he has was that so look to him. He, he looks was, slimy. He's the same way in Breaking Bad, and I hated him. So evil. If, you breaking, if I, any of our listeners are Breaking Bad watchers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway. What character does he play? Oh, I cannot remember his name, but he... um. Uh, he basically tortures our main character of Jesse uh, Pinkman at the end of season five. Interesting. Spoiler alert. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, the show the came out point. years ago. It doesn't matter. I was thinking um, about honestly. starting to starting it tonight. You should. It's it's the first two seasons are slow, but man, it picks up. Anyway, um, he's great in this as well. You've got Dominic Fishback as Deborah Johnson and Martin Sheen, unrecognizable as J Edgar Hoover. I only recognize him because I've seen enough of West Wing, and I, just like his voice is always the same no matter what. Other Charlie than his, Sheen and Emilio Estevez's Father. That's true. The only time his voice is different is the absurd New Orleans Southern drawl. He hasn't catch me if you can. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's so weird because like he also like has like like I think he has fake buck teeth or whatever. It's the strangest
0: it's just weird. I have a question for you. Oh go ahead. So our another friend of the show, Jack, brought this up. You know, you've seen you've seen Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. Do you think Sheen Estevez was named after Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez? They just took their last names and put them together. Think about that one for a minute. Oh?
1: David started getting this off topic in a movie. Think about it real quick. Uh, Do you think so? Yes well, honestly, or no? Honestly, checks out. That's it. That that's is funny. very coincidental, is I feel like... I was like, I don't know, but
0: then I started thinking about it. I was like, that's kind of crazy that they, they're two Rather brothers. I didn't even one. know that Amelia yeah. Esfes and Charlie Sheen were brothers. I but did. then I kind of looked at them. I was like, they're definitely
1: brothers. I was about to say, they're definitely Okay, but back um, to the movie. Anyway, so this... I mean, this movie is just... Unbel- I mean, it's very good. And again, this awesome movie has another amazing cast with Lakeith Stanfield, Daniel Kaluuya leading it, the way, leading the way. I'm surprised Daniel Kaluuya did not get nominated for best uh, actor, but I guess maybe he and Lakeith Stanfield kind of split the time, so yeah. that makes more sense. They are just two supporting actors because it is both. The, it's both their stories. It's the story of Fred Hampton and the story of uh, Bill O'Neill. Bill O'Neil. yeah, I can remember his name. But yeah, Davis, take it away on this one as well. I really like this movie. What What do you like about it? Overall, He's been trying to get me to watch it for a while, so I'm curious. Well,
0: uh, overall, it's just a great movie. It it, it really just shows it shows uh, organization you don't see a lot in movies. True. In a a lot of movies, last time I've seen the Black Panthers, even mentioned in movies, Forrest Gump. Yep. Because he joins the Black Panther, or he 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 thinks it's uh, a party saw, or something. I saw in The Butler. I Have you seen you've seen
1: ever that seen Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels The Butler?
0: Is that is that the one that has uh, Forrest
1: Whitaker? I was gonna say that. You yep. beat me to it. I want to see if I could think of his name. Yeah. This, also, it's a good movie, actually. I, I kind of like that movie. And they they're, they make an appearance in that. But yeah, I'd say four But you yeah,
0: they're very influential. One of the most influential, I guess, political movements ever in True. America history. And you don't see them very often in movies. So it's pretty good, to, pretty interesting to see them uh, and kind of learn about them more and really learn about the death of Fred Hampton, which I don't feel like a lot of people know about. So watching this movie, you get to learn about it. And it's mentioned in the Trial of Chicago 7 as well. So there's a quick transit. It quick was. Callback.
1: Which was a cool connection. I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to be watching the movie later. We're going to see what happens. And dang, that's all I got to say about that.
0: But um, yeah, I think it, it portrayed the betrayal. That's like one of the best movies I've seen a betrayal. Like, best. I know you, you had some issues with it. But yeah, I, but I, I, you, I'm going to address it, that when we talk about if but we issue, it. But the issue, look, I'm going to say my point, and then you can counter it after I finish my thing. Like, this movie, if it was like, you don't see movies very often do this, but like, you hear what they're thinking then maybe, I think that's clunky, first of all. I think you can, I think sometimes it might be necessary. You're
1: telling me a horse with the voice narrative of Matt Damon? No, that's totally, thoughts? that's different. I'm I talking know, about like, like no,
0: imagine, if, um, imagine if, imagine if Child Chicago 7, you heard everything Sasha Baron Cohen it's, was thinking. It's
1: one of the most difficult things to do when adapting books specifically, yeah. and you also see it in certain movies as well, because in books, it very much just helped just to do a first-person POV for that purpose.
0: And that's what they had to do with Spider-Man. They just had to, he just talks to himself. Yeah, they had they had like the early 2000s where he just thought to himself a lot, but then they were like
1: getting back to talk to They're himself. like, actually, this is kind of ridiculous. But um, uh,
0: yeah, I think it's a great movie. Check it out. It the, shows the portrayal really well. Shows the conniving of Jesse Plemons and J Edgar. Yeah, it's a that, great movie. That's
1: that's definitely true. I think uh, I think the interspersed J Edgar clips at the beginning, where he's like giving the speech to all the FBI and so what he's going after, was fascinating and. Very good in framing He in the was movie. very,
0: very threatened by the Black Panthers. Yeah,
1: no, I, you can certainly tell in the movie. I'll he was threatened that. by them having
0: a breakfast program.
1: I do recall that. I, I, I actually uh, looked up some on that, and I, I did read that as well.
0: Hey, um, you you can – I just want to th- – I did a project on this yesterday. You can thank uh, the National Free Lunch Program, getting increased funding. You can thank the Black Panthers
1: for that. Ah, dang. They hey, put pressure know. on
0: the American government to do that. didn't know that. They, put, they um, fed 20,000 kids a day every morning in their first year, well, and dang, they expanded across the country That's more.
1: impressive. Um – I got to say, for this movie, you know, my one issue with it, and I will say this movie again, all-star cast. It's got great direction, a lot of amazing shots. The shots of uh, O'Neill and Agent uh, Mitchell staring at each other when Fred's first speech came back. Also, I don't know if you noticed, when he, his first speech back, he doesn't blink. When when Daniel Kaluuya is giving the speech, I don't think he blinks once when he's on like, last well, I, I saw it a few months ago, Which, so like, that's one of the things that kind of leaves my the mind. The interesting thing about... about uh, actors not blinking is you don't notice it like initially but it has an effect it has an effect like um samuel jackson's monologue uh in pulp fiction he doesn't blink either and um in this his eyes are wide and he's you know just absolutely pounding the uh podium a great speech by the way um very powerful too and i'm pretty and sure it's based off of it is based off a real speech yeah, i'm sure it is I'm, I'm sure it is and i think like you know i noticed i'm like wait a minute he hasn't and then, then they come back to me he's like he hasn't and he didn't do it. And I was like, he like he like did this like with an anchor face, and I was like, oh, did he do it? Then? And he didn't. And I was like, okay, it's just a cool detail. Which I don't know how actors do that really, because I I gotta blink. Just keep your eyes open. If you don't, if you consciously
0: think about blinking, you can avoid it. Like I'm thinking about right now. I
1: am mean, now my eyes are burning.
0: I can keep talking like this for a while. I don't want to subconsciously kinda, think of something. It's kind
1: of scary, bro. Um, but yeah, I I really like that, and I think the story that it tells is just you know the back and forth between. Stanfield's perspective as O'Neill and Fred Hampton's perspective as well, you know, the FBI going after him versus what the Black Panthers are working on, is great. My one issue to me is that I think it played up a lot of the internal struggle a bit too much with the with the uh, person of Bill O'Neill. I can't speak on Bill O'Neill himself. You know, they said at the end of the movie he only gave that one interview, which was cool to to start the movie off like it's that interview and then end it with the real footage from the interview. I really like that detail. I don't know about you, Dave, so I thought that was really, really cool, and I really uh, thought that was a great way to begin into the movie. But I think the movie kind of played up his internal conflict a bit much for the sake of, you know, plot, and I get that, you know. Without internal conflict, the movie is a lot less compelling, I think, because I think that really... Because if, if you're... The Fred Hampton side is always going to be compelling anyway, but the Lee Heath Stanfield section of the movie, I don't know why I keep calling him... Bill O'Neill, I keep forgetting that that's his name. Um, I think his section of the movie would be a lot less compelling without that, and I, I cite specifically there's a scene at the end because what happens is the climactic moment in this movie, spoiler alert, is so FBI agent Mitchell tells uh, Bill O'Neill to slip some, well, he tells them that they need to drop a layout of Fred Hampton, the place that Fred Hampton's staying at because Jagger Hoover wants him dead. That's what happened in the movie. He says prison's only temporary or whatever. And then eventually, Bill O'Neill's given this thing to slip into Fred Hampton's drink to put him to sleep so he won't be able to get up and run or whatever during a raid on his house. And, like, when he goes to get him a drink, he's, like, hyperventilating and sweating and looking so nervous. And I get that, but, like, I just feel like it. maybe he should have, like, gone outside and, like, collapsed. Like, if he just said it and then it all hit him at once. Because, like, in the moment, I'm kind of like, look, if he's actually acting like that, and that's and this is not, you know, a depiction of his mind and how he looks – Fred Hampton's not going to take the drink. He's looking looking like he's losing his mind over a drink. And I just thought that was a bit much. And also, in the context of Bill O'Neill, again, I can't speak on how Bill O'Neill felt, but, I mean, he continued to work for the FBI for years and made a significant amount of money. It wasn't until the documentary came out in the 1990s that he actually committed suicide in 1990, the day that the documentary was released, Martin Luther King Day, 1990. But I just feel like, Based on what I know about Fred, about uh, Bill O'Neill, it doesn't seem like he was as conflicted as the movie depicts it. But I get why they did that. I just think that it, it, specifically that scene took me out of it a bit because it seems a bit, you know. I get that, you know, you can't necessarily narrate what's going on inside their heads. But the actors and the characters. But that scene, I was like, okay, maybe just do it a different way. Like, I think if he stepped outside and immediately collapsed or something and freaking out, would have been perfectly fine. That's just my two cents. Because that was the one scene where I was like, wait a minute. Everything else, the immediate aftermath when the raid is unbelievably, like, just... It goes from zero to 100 in about two seconds, and you kind of just... You know, it's like the me with Mr. Krabs. He's in the crowd, and yes. you're like, what's happening? That was a great scene. It was really just unbelievably just heartbreaking, honestly, and just gut-wrenching. But I think that one particular scene, to me, if I may, if I may be honest, that was the one scene that takes it out of the movie for me. But do you think this deserves the best picture, Davis?
0: I wouldn't be mad if it won, but I don't think it's going to.
1: Yeah, and, w- and why is that? Just because the competition this year? Or? I just
0: think, uh, I think this has a pretty strong case. But like looking at like the movie, I think's gonna win, or like looking at, uh, we can go into this one next, I guess. Yeah. Nomadland. That's kind of like that's kind of like Oscar. I want to say Oscar bait, but like that's an. O- that's it checks the all Oscars, the boxes. The Oscars like those type of movies. Yeah. Oscars don't usually go for these politically, politi- politically car- well, it charged. I mean, like, how often are they going to go for a movie like this? I don't know.
1: They, like, recently they've like more abstract... True, true.
0: ...than historical
1: movies. Which leads into Nomadland, honestly. But I, I just think, you know, I think when you're dealing with Best Picture and you're dealing with eight nominees, you know, I think that um, in the case of a movie like Juice and the Black Messiah, it's not that it's a bad movie, it's just that there are other movies that are just in this in this group that are just significantly better, in my opinion. I just think, you know, there's movies that are just far and away t- all time greats compared to an already good movie in Jews and the Black Messiah. But yeah, you want to talk about Nomad so Why don't you go into that, Davis? Well, uh, for no- we talked about Nomad Land last week. Specifically, Frances McDormand's performance, which I think she deserves best actress personally. I think she's amazing in that. But Teach own as, as I think you picked Vanessa Kirby as well, which or I think both, did pick Vanessa both Kirby. are top tier, as is uh, Carrie Mulligan as well. But
0: We kind of touched on this a lot last week. We can go over it real quick. Yeah. We can move on to. Uh, the other movies that we didn't talk yeah, about. I just have a point of why cameras. I
1: think it, it, it won't win, personally. But. Well, this
0: movie, the, the the main aspect of it is Frances McDormand is kind of like an, I wouldn't say an Oscar favorite. She's only really won one. But like I feel like the Oscars always kind of watching her. The Oscars are always kind of watching her. Lately, yeah, for sure. Uh, she does great in it, for sure. And I think a strong performance elevates that more. I agree. And she carries this movie by herself. For the most part, she, I mean, yeah, she, and you could you could point it. You'd be like, well, she's carrying this movie by herself, and makes it stronger, and it has all these other. It's like basically a documentary in a lot of ways. But then yeah. you can go like, just that Black Messiah it has two great performances, but True. it's not it's not doing as much as Nomadland. True, but uh, it has a lot of. It's basically like a documentary we were talking about like last week.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's you're looking at the cast, and it's uh, David Strathairn and Francis McDormand are the main stars. But then Linda May, Bob Wells, and Charlene Swanky are all actual nomads. They're played by real people. And I will say this. This movie is unlike anything I've ever seen because it feels like a documentary. It feels like a documentary. And I think that's its biggest strength, but it's also, in my opinion, its biggest weakness. Because when I talk about Best Picture, I said it earlier, Best Picture is an accumulation of everything. And one of those things is an engaging story. Look at Spotlight. Spotlight won Best Picture because of its cast and because of its engaging story. Those two things, they knocked it an 11 out of 10.
0: I think the editing went for Spotlight was pretty good. Well well.
1: no, I love that movie. But I think, you know, those are its two biggest things. And what is uh, Nomad Land's biggest thing? It's the documentary style, just the immersion into the culture. It feels like it's real. It's unbelievable. It's unlike anything I've ever felt in the movie, really. And I give it props to that. But I think that serves its biggest weakness because the story is not nearly as engaging. I think the story, it feels like, you know, one of those low-budget documentaries on a random person that just doesn't have a lot of big emotional moments. Swanky's uh, discussion about her having cancer, that scene, honestly, and uh, Fern's talking to Bob Wells at the end, two best scenes, in my opinion. But the movie doesn't have a lot of that, and I think that kind of hurts it in that regard. It doesn't have a lot of emotional ties. A lot of voters can't attach to it the emotions they felt because it is a technical marvel. The shots, the music, everything is great. The acting, but... From a story perspective, I don't think it's nearly as engaging as the other nominees in this list, and I think it technically it's top three for me. But overall, story wise, it'd be in the bottom half.
0: I, I I agree with that, but I think since it's doing something new, the Oscars True. are going to be more more lenient True. to all that. I think no, I
1: think it could be picked. I just personally wouldn't like how
0: 1917 was a front runner just because it the was one, the shot. one shot, even the though not real one shot, but the yeah, seemingly but like one even shot. like I really like 1917. It's a good movie, uh, but like. The story was okay. Yeah. I'd say it's good, but like not a best picture. Story. I agree. I agree. But the no, one think... shot, the technical,
1: like who else is doing that? So I, they, they... I agree. I, I, again, I think it they could. Think they... I just don't think it should for that reason, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. I agree with that. Agree. All right. So, you to say about this movie? No, I mean, again, it's really good. Go see it. It's free on Hulu. If you have Hulu, go see it. It's, I mean, it's great. It really is. France McDormand's the best. Uh, Chloe Zhao is going to be doing Shang Chi later this, uh, this year, and you would definitely want to get a taste of her directing ability. She's great. She's uh, She's nominated for uh, best directing in this movie. A lot of people think she'll win. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, honestly, she might considering the directors that are uh, being nominated. But yeah, good movie. Totally recommend it. But again, I don't think it should win best picture, and I don't think it w- or I don't think it should win best picture because of that. Just the story is not as engaging as the other ones on this list. Now, Davis, do you want to talk about promising young woman with Carrie uh, Mulligan? So, go ahead, take it away.
0: So uh, this movie. We talked about this movie as well last week. I don't think we talked about it as much on the movie metrics as We talked about action. more on Carrie Mulligan herself. So this movie is basically about uh you have it written here. Cassandra seeks out to get revenge on the guys that raped her friend Nina by catching guys trying to take advantage of her while "quote unquote" drunk. And then kind of it she meets somebody, goes down, she almost gets better then she goes downhill. It, it's it's I, I like the movie, but I I would say the reason this movie will not win it is because I'd, I i do not want to say it's too comedic because it's not that comedic, but it has Bo Burnham in it, which
1: turns out he. I hate Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham was good. He was very good in it. Yeah. And Carrie Mulligan was also very good I in agree. it. I agree.
0: But I feel like they're gonna look at that, like, because it has these comedic elements in it It has jokes, and like, it's not as like serious yeah. or like or like somber. It had it makes very good points. It has a good theme to it. I'd say. I, I But agree. it's not serious as so somber's like like Land, Father, Sound of Metal.
1: Yep, I think that's fair. I I think so. You're saying it won't. It shouldn't win because of that.
0: I'm saying it won't win because of ah, that.
1: But do you think it should win?
0: No, I okay. think the other movies are better than it. Yeah. I, this is probably probably tied for weakest out of all the movies on here. I like this movie. I really do. Or tied for it's in the lower yeah, half. Yeah. I, for I
1: me. I'd have it like sixth or seventh on the total eight movies yeah. personally. Um, I think you know for me, I think it, it this movie is nominated strictly because Carrie Mulligan gives one of the best performances of the year, and I think. Like her story and her character is just, you know you can't take your eyes off her when she's on screen. And that scene when she watches the video and just the yes. silent expressions on her face is unbelievable. It's the it's one of the best acting of the year, in my opinion. It really is some of the best we've seen. And I think that's part of why I got nominated. But I just think, you know, outside of her, the rest of the movie is Travis Chicago seven esque. It's okay. Like it's like you know how Trial of Chicago Seven it's the acting and the writing, but everything else is just it's good. That's the same yeah. thing with this. Carrie Mulligan's performance is amazing. The rest of the movie is just, it's just good. And again in, in this case these are not bad nominees just that there are some nominees that we go- we've we already talked about Nomadland. We're going to talk about some more that are just better than this.
0: Also I watched Moneyball the other day so it just popped in my head. I kind of imagine the Oscar voters is like the Moneyball scouts they are like oh his girlfriend's ugly. That means he has bad confidence. They're going to be like remember that in Moneyball? Yeah I do.
1: I do. I'm wondering where you're going. They're
0: going to be like oh Bo Burnham's in it so it's not a serious movie. Like that's the that, a, that, that these is, are that old is, these are old classical movie guys. Sure, like, it Doesn't have Humphrey Bogart in it. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Casablanca, let's go. Hey, Maltese Falcon. Hey,
1: Casablanca is great.
0: I know. I own it.
1: I do. I do too.
0: I own the special edition. I don't
1: know VHS. It's a good movie. Here's Suman's looking at you, plastic kid. Plastic wrapping. It is
0: a good movie. It watch is. Watch Casablanca if you can. We should, it's like, on have a
1: Podcast on that? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how many listeners we get Casablanca. Yeah, we um, but yeah I just think you know Carrie Mulligan's great, but the rest of the movie is just it's just good it not a lot not a lot of other things really stand out, yes, and I think also I feel like the story kind of feels incomplete at the end. I'll say that. I think again, we're talking story wise. I think um the movie feels like it uh it ends abruptly. I get that's the point for like the shock value. oh my gosh, she dies, spoiler alert um but I, I get why. And I get that not all things end up as you expect. But it almost feels like it's incomplete. I don't know. I just feel like there should have been more than just she just suddenly dies. I get why? Because that's sort of a harsh reality point, but I don't know. I just love with the feeling of "That can't be it," kind of thing. and I don't know. maybe that's just a personal negative for me. but yeah, well, it seems kind
0: of imply that she let herself die because she, she was- but she had the contingency plans ready. She true. knew she was going to die, but I feel like she probably she might have been able to get out because she was handcuffed to the bed,
1: true. Yeah, I don't know. That might have been
0: know. like the reason. Like that's the last thing she wanted to do. Yeah, she couldn't. Know. Yeah, just watch the movie. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. All these movies are good. I'm about to say they're
1: they're. Uh, uh, we're going to be one that I'm not sure if it's so good. Mank is the. Uh, oh, next I forgot movie Mank movie. was even. <laughs> Mank is is Manc's an interesting one. Again, we talked about it. We talked about two weeks ago. I'll run on the plot. It follows Herman Mankiewicz as he struggles with alcoholism and writing the script for Citizen Kane under <laughs> pressure from Orson Welles to not slip back to alcohol during the writing of the film. The film periodically flashes back to Mank's earlier days as a writer and how he got to where we are in the film, writing Citizen Kane. It stars Gary Olden as Mank, Lily Collins as Rhea Alexander, and Amanda Seyfried as Marion Davies. Now, this movie is, is the opposite of Chicago 7, in my opinion. It checks a lot of the technical boxes. You know, directing-wise, David Fincher's on it. Uh, the flashbacks, the way the story is crafted, it checks a lot of those boxes, the score whatnot. It is actually uh, nominated for Best Original Score. It's nominated for 10 Oscars. That's something that it checks a lot of the boxes. Uh, it very you feel like you're in the 1940s with the costume, with just the way dialogue is written. But I'm gonna be honest, I feel like this story is just weak. It's just not very engaging, and I feel like the flashbacks were a deliberate way to spice up a bland story. I feel like if you had seen Citizen Kane, which neither of us have yet, oops. I you know I actually uh, oh, a guy that I follow on Instagram who reviews movies. He saw Citizen Kane, hated it, and then really liked Mank, which was weird. Didn't, know there was, didn't expect that. Personally. Citizen Kane's a very
0: different change of pace movie from that time, and if you watch it now, it's still a little different. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I feel like if you're really interested in Herman Mankiewicz, maybe you'd really like it. Uh, uh, John Malkovich played Herman Mankiewicz in a movie in like the 90s. Really? It was like another movie about Citizen Kane or something like that. I don't know what it was called. But like I feel like you, those are like the two things that if you if you're interested in Citizen Kane or Herman Mankiewicz or I guess Orson Welles as well, you'd love this movie. But like I'm not really interested in any I, of those. I
1: just feel like this just the story's not engaging yeah. enough for the movie. I mean, I re- again it checks a lot of technical boxes. Fincher is great, Oldman are great. It's not their best either. Uh, but I
0: feel like if you understood all those, if you like, if you're really into Herman Mankiewicz, Citizen Kane, and like 40s cinema, you'd be like, oh, there's. Whatever her name is yeah. and there's this person this is so
1: cool. I I, I think it definitely plays to picture the audience, but I think, you know, this is best picture after all. This is the the accumulation of it all, as I said earlier, and I think it just it just won't cut it for its story. Um I, I like I think it should win a lot of different Oscars Well, I think it has a lot of great things going for it. Uh, even maybe cinematography, but I just don't think uh it deserves best picture in my opinion. Davis, I think you agree for very similar yeah, it reasons. Not. It should not. I don't yeah. think it should. And honestly, I think, this, I think this is the weakest of the eight. Yeah, I, I agree. I when you when you said This is the Prom- one that I will
0: not rewatch probably ever.
1: Yeah, honestly, I, I agree with that as well. Just it doesn't have it, it doesn't have a lot of rewatchability. It really doesn't. Like um, I've seen it, I've seen it once. I'm pretty I'm content.
0: Gary Oldman yeah. did good in and it. And like
1: it's also I think I think rewatchability is also defined by wanting to get other people to watch it. You know, like I've rewatched other movies just for the sake of getting like my friends to watch it. I'm not gonna get my friends to watch Mank. I'm gonna get them to watch Promising a Woman. I'm gonna get them to watch Nomad because wow. I'm going to get them to watch the upcoming one that we got next. And you want to get into that, it's Minari. Uh, I think we can talk about Minari next. I think we're done with Mank. But Minari, as we talked about uh, for Steven Yeun's Oscar nomination for Best Actor, it is a tender and sweeping story about what roots us. Minari follows a Korean-American family that moves to you Arkansas. You copy and pasted that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I just, when I heard tender and sweeping, I was like, nah, he didn't Alex did not use those words. No, I don't. Um. Anyway, you interrupted me. I'm going to start back. A tender and sweeping story about what roots this. Minari follows a Korean-American family that moves to Arcan- to an Arkansas farm in search of their own American dream. The family home changes completely with the arrival of their sly, foul-mouthed, but incredibly loving grandmother. Amidst the instability and challenges of this new life in the rugged Ozarks, Minari shows the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home. This stars Stephen Yoon, Yuri Han, and Yoo Jung... Yuna as Sunja, the grandmother who was nominated for best Supporting Actress. This movie Davis, it's good. I really I just like it all the way around. It's uh, honestly it doesn't go too long with its short run time. I think it very much tells a very engaging story. I think the story kind of drags a bit, but I think you know, Great performances, by the way, from a very good... They're not an all-star cast, because you're not going to know most of these names, but, man, they're really, really good. What are your thoughts on this movie, Davis? Yeah,
0: I think, uh, like, Alex just touched on everything I like. Stephen Yeun gave an amazing performance. Yuri Han and Yoo Yu, uh, Jung Yoon. I think I said that right. Sorry yeah. if I didn't. They both gave great performances as well. I think... Uh, uh, Yeri Han should have been nominated for Best Supporting, at least.
1: I agree as well. I, I I really think she gave she had so many good scenes in that movie, Um, in particular. Just a lot of moments where other people were, like, you know, Steven Yoon's character is talking, and she's just, like, looking. Like, just she did a lot of moments in silence that were amazing. And I think the movie just really, it's just really good. Again, yeah, a really lot of these t- movies, we're not going to be able to say this, this, and this went wrong, because so many movies are just a summation of so many good moments. The music is good. The story is great. I think it very much progresses things naturally. It doesn't rush either. You know, the farming isn't, you know, he doesn't start it and then two scenes later it's done. It takes its time. And I really like that part personally because a lot of movies, they you know, this is done and then boom, we're there. And, you know, we've skipped ahead six months for no reason. There's like, just to get to that point in the plot. And I'm like, I like movies that take their time and I really liked that. And I think it's very, very good. I think the story does drag a few moments in the middle. There's a few scenes where it just kind of just, goes on where I'm like okay like where are we really going because it again is not a very climactic story until the end and I think that's the point is it very much you know the sudden fire of the farmhouse is very shocking and really sort of flips the whole story on its head but I think there are points where it drags and that's like my one negative really that's the only thing I can really think about that's not a positive for me is that but again this movie's not a movie where I'm like, oh, it's bad, so it shouldn't win. It's more like, I don't think it should win Best Picture, because I think my pick and the movies, there are a few movies that are above it. In fact, honestly, Minari's probably fourth on my list. Interesting. I would say that. I would say Minari is fourth in my list of Best Picture nominees this year. W- what do you think, Davis? What do you think it comes, it comes down to I think in it's probably way? third for me. Ah, really? Which brings us to, do you
0: want to get on to the next no, one? No, I just want to think- say about Minari. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. I think... I would be very happy if it won. It's a great movie, but I don't think it will win because last year another Korean movie won, and True. I don't think the old head Oscars are going to give a foreign language movie Best Picture two True. or mostly foreign language movie uh, Best Oscar two or Best Picture two years in a row.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I Even think though this
0: could be argued, you could make the argument that this is the best movie. I know what you're going to say is go ahead and.
1: No, I mean we got two more movies to go. So we yeah, do and one choice. of those is the one that you choose. Oh, I thought well, you were gonna, gonna go and do it. And I, I was gonna go. I was. am to make mine last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? What can I say? Um. So, and now we're down to our final two movies to talk about. We've talked about eight movies in a short amount of time, or six mov- six movies already in a short amount of time. I'm kind of gassed over here. I don't know about you, Davis, but um, Sound of Metal, Davis, take it away.
0: This is the story about. We talked about it a lot for the best actors. Well, this is a story about a character named Ruben Stone, heavy metal drummer, that goes deaf, and he has to come to terms with that. Lives on a kind of a rehabilitation area center where he learned where he learns to be deaf. Basically, learns to accept it. Love the movie. Sound editing is amazing. The editing's great. The acting, amazing.
1: If I may, if this movie doesn't win best sound, I'm going to start no, wait, a it riot. No, it literally has to. There's. If they don't give the movie about a deaf guy
0: best sound, then there's like there's literally you can.
1: I mean, it. I will lose my mind if it doesn't win best sound. But it anyway, has to continue. Go ahead. This movie's
0: amazing. I love it all around, and because of that, I want this to win best picture. I really? think it will win best picture as
1: well. Why is that? Go ahead. And, go ahead. And give it. Give us all your reasons why. This movie
0: is longer. Than the father, which is your choice. Sorry to spoil it for everybody. You can edit that I think, out. I think I think you probably tell when I talk about Anthony Hopkins. Performance. Look, you can you can cut me out saying that that if you want it to be a surprise. But I think feel nah, like nah, the last nah. two movies are here, and this is not your best picture. I was about to say, yeah, no, we're there, we're there. This movie I feel like is more poignant to me. I think the father has more emotional moments. It uh, father's very poignant as well, but I feel like you kind of learn more from Sound of Metal. I feel like. Uh, the editing is probably better for Father. No, it is better for Father. Like the the, the film style. I, they, I think the film editing and Father should win. How win they fit it together is probably the strength there. But I think just overall, I like this movie more. On a from personally, I That's think fair. it should win because of that.
1: I mean, look, the, the these these two movies that we're talking about, they're the top two movies for me for the year. I mean, this these are two of the best performances I've ever seen. These are two of the most immersive movies I've ever seen. I keep using that word because, for me, and I I wrote this down actually, um, because. movies are about suspension of disbelief, right? The idea is that, you know, you can watch Avengers Endgame because you know it's not real, but you can immerse yourself in that by just suspending your disbelief. And I think the best movies are movies that help you do that in seamless ways. Nomadland being like a documentary. And then Sound of Metal, just you feel every emotion that Ruben has as you hear his hearing. The jumping back from what he should be hearing to what he actually hears, like with the hearing aids or when it's just the muffled from his deafness, Unbelievable, by the way. I mean, those are some of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. The scene with the uh, the slide and the kid. I mean, my gosh! And the ending, in my opinion, is one of my favorite endings of any movie ever. Yes, I agree. mean, really, it's just unbelievable. He just sits there and finds that stillness. I was so happy that he found the stillness. I and was. The song's amazing from that. That's all true. I, I did like the song as well. I mean, you know, R- Riz Ahmed just knocks it out of the atmosphere. I mean, it really is just great. The only criticism I have is. It's one small nitpick that I didn't understand in the movie is there's an argument that he and Lou have about an album that has never really explained what the argument's about and I get that it's sort of a backdrop thing, but I kind of would have wished to understood it because like even when he when she and him are arguing on in the van about what to do, he starts talking about some album and she's like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? And I didn't know either because I had no idea what was going on it never there was never sort of a tie-in for that. And that's the again, that's if I'm they were
0: I think they're talking about he wanted to make an album so they could make money, but they didn't have enough money to go record it. Hmm because he kept talking right. about how they needed money, but they didn't have enough money to go on tour. He was like, "Just wait till we go on tour; we'll make money, and then we'll be able to get out of this van hmm. or whatever."
1: I, I'd have to rewatch, but that was the one I'm thing. Pretty where sure I, that's like what again, it was. This is the one thing where I'm very nitpicking, and that's the explanation. But then, I'm, and then, then he was
0: like, that. and then he was like, "But don't record it without me, or don't, don't do any music without me." And then he sees her in France doing her
1: thing, and she's oh, like, yeah. "He's like, come on, man." Yeah, I mean, I, I just that was like the one thing. But other than that, I mean, this movie is just—it really is a perfect movie, honestly. It's—I mean, it's you know. It just everything is just so great. Also, you got uh, you got Paul Raci's Joe nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I'm not, I don't think he should win next to Daniel Kaluuya or Lakeith Stanfield, but he's pretty great. He's really great. I think a lot of the scene when uh, when Ruben comes back after getting the hearing implants. Oh my gosh, that that scene in particular. But yeah, it just it really just again I I told the story about how I was watching it. Uh, and at one point I'm like it, can people hear me when I talk after this? Cause I was like, there's like something about it. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I mean, great movie, but it's not my pick because my pick is the next movie. And I, you know, Josie, um, she texted me that uh, her sister Gabby was listening to the episode and said that Alex said greatest performance of all time, like 10 times in a row. You did, but Hey, Hey, it's not my fault. Anthony Hopkins ha- didn't have to be that good. Um, Yeah, this is my pick for Best Actor and Best Picture. It is The Father. The Father is a movie about a man who refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages, and as he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. Starring Anthony Hopkins as Anthony and Olivia Coleman as Anne. I mean, this movie, just, despite its short... You you mentioned that uh, Sound of Metal is longer, but I say despite Father being shorter, it is so packed full of everything. There's not a moment of, you know dullness really so on a moment where you're like okay maybe I could skip ahead 15 seconds or whatever you know everything is just every scene matters and in my opinion I'm gonna say this and you may be like all right Alex you aren't thinking this is the I'm trying to figure out the way that I can word this in terms of how this story is told this may be my favorite way I've ever seen a movie tell a story the you know the non-linear path that it takes Really puts you in the perspective, of Anthony Hopkins. You sound or or like a Pulp character. Fiction fan right now. Do I?
0: Yes, you sound like a film major. That's like no, 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 no. Hate on film majors that are like Pulp Fiction, but like you know the joke where it's like Pulp Fiction is the best movie ever made because it's non-linear. You never seen anything like that before. Just watch The Father, man. I was and you about to will. Say,
1: not to mention, in this case, it is it is non-linear for a purpose of putting us in the perspective of the character, and not to mention, it has the best editing. My favorite editing of any movie this year, particularly Davis. I brought this scene up last time we talked about it about a time when he walks away from dinner and the lighting changes to a different time of day. I didn't I notice that. Because I, I noticed, I was like, wait a minute, it just got brighter in the room. What is happening? And I was like, oh my gosh. That was so awesome. And I think just in terms of adapting this incredible play that I read a bit about, about how revolutionary it was at the time, it has adapted very well. I think the director, in, in a directorial debut, actually, wow, really great. And the performance is amazing, and I just... I just, this, I've never seen the movie told in this, told the story in this kind of way, and I think it also checks. I, I mentioned, you know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, you know, uh, a counter on the amount of time I mentioned the accumulation for Best Picture, but that's how I see that award is really, you know, all things coming together. Story, I think it's great. Acting, I think it's great. Directing and shots, I think it's great. And also, I really like when the violin plays every time he realizes it's not real. Like, you, you notice that when like the little violin plays in the background, it's very haunting. Movie honestly is kind of scary sometimes. Sometimes I was kinda of scared. When the random people are in his house, I got kind of scared. The scene when, when he, he was he,
0: slapping on that. Oh my gosh. Cry, oh my
1: ugh, so sad. He and cried I mean for I mean, his mom. You know, Metal would be my favorite ending ever. That's just because the father, the ending is just too sad to be my favorite. Where he cries for his mother. Oh my gosh. I mean, look, this movie to me, it just it's it does. I also
0: want to say the sound is a lot more rewatchable for me.
1: That's because the fathers. The just fathers really just sad. makes me really sad. Yeah.
0: I, that, like while I love Schindler's List, I cannot sit down and watch that because the rest of my day will be that's ruined. That's fair. I
1: will certainly give the Sound of Metal or Sound Metal, the rewatchability uh, boost on that one because says. at least
0: it, it, it leaves you happy at the end. You still feel bad for uh, R- or Reuben, but you also feel happy for him because he's accepted who he is. He's found the stillness. He's uh. finally. He's finally. Ex- he can. He doesn't have to play drums, but he yep. can just be content with who he is. And then the
1: father, the ending might be one of the most depressing in history. Honestly, I mean, it's just the thing is, is the first fifty. I don't know.
0: That's not Schindler's
1: List is way I, more depressing. I, no, I, no, I know, I know. I just think because you but know, it in his, yeah, that's probably is. because it is. I, I don't know. It's just I, you know, I think I think it's certainly up there in my opinion. I think you know, the first twenty minutes of that movie are some of my favorite ever, involving how you know. You know, you don't know how this movie's gonna be, and upon that first watch, when somebody else shows up and says they're Anne, I freaked out. It's just an unbelievable way to tell that story, and I really, really like it. I think it's all engaging, and I think it just it does so many things right. I think it deserves the Best Picture because I think it is. I, I mean, this is the one movie I still really think about, and like a yeah. sort of Sound of Metal's up there too. Again, we're dealing with all great movies here, really. I'd say maybe Mank.
0: <laughs> I'd be very happy if Father or Sound of Metal won. I'd be happy if all these won except yeah. Mank. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be most happy if uh Judas Minari, sound of metal or father
1: won. Though honestly, I, I, I would maybe swap out um I don't know why I'd swap out there. I want to swap in Nomadland for one. Of I don't
0: those like Nomadland as, as, as much as you. I just
1: really was just taken aback by the way it was like. just. I made. liked it, but now, like I'm probably
0: not gonna rewatch that anytime soon. Yeah, no,
1: again, it, it, that's problem with the story engaging is it's one major flaw I'd say. And this movie, I think you know, The file just has it all. But yeah, that's my pick, Davis. Your pick is Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal, and yeah, I mean you know the Oscars coming up. I'm very excited to see what the results are going to be because it's the first time in a while that I've watched the big nominee movies. You know. In the past, I've seen one or two, or, you know, three out of the out of the six or seven. You know, I'd seen Boyhood, I'd seen Spotlight, but this is the first time I've watched all of them and actually will have a vested interest in it. And I'm very uh, curious to see what direction the Academy will go in. And so, yeah, so la- why don't we recap our total picks of our three episodes? I had The Father's Best Picture, Anthony Hopkins is Best Actor, and Frances McDormand as Best Actress, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I had Vanessa Kirby as Best Actress for Pieces of a Woman. I had. I think I might have agreed with you on Anthony Hopkins for Best Actor, but since I chose Sound of Metal for Best Picture, I'm gonna say Riz Ahmed for Best Actor.
1: Mm. That's fair. That's entirely just
0: fair. to be just to have a continuity. Not con-
1: that's not the right word, but whatever. You know what I mean. No, no, you mean know, uh, consistency. Is consistency. It's a word. I know yeah. it a C uh word. So, Davis, anything else to uh, wrap up? I d- before we wrap up the show, I got a film recommendation. Oh, film recommendation. Because you, Farrell. I want,
0: I was gonna mention earlier when we talked about suspension of disbelief. Ah. So it's this. It's I guess you'd call it a mockumentary.
1: Mockumentary, yeah. You know you know what mockumentaries are. Yeah, yeah. It's just like
0: it's not like that. I mean, but that's but it's like a documentary, but it's it's like fake. Yeah. It's movie form. It's called Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo. It's about this Australian family and their daughter dies, but then she starts showing up in like photos and stuff. Whoa. And like maybe she's a ghost and like. So is it found footage or is it? A it is. It is. It's like a documentary.
1: Oh, okay. So it's not so documentary as much as just a. It's like a interesting, but it's
0: not real. But it like the whole movie, you're questioning if it's actually real or not. It's like that well made. Like it has Whoa. shots like you could never. Like I was watching, like how do they get this shot for a movie? Watch, check it out. It's really cool. It's on Amazon Prime. It's like only an hour and a half. I just really want. If you have a chance, watch it. It's really good. That's all cool. I had. Cool.
1: And uh, so next week. We will have our last episode of the semester, last episode of the first year of Through the Lens. It will be our 23rd episode in total, actually. Very exciting. Um, and we will revitalize, or revise excuse me, our top ten list. Our, for those of you who may remember, our first episode of Through the Lens was a top ten movies, as well as top five actors and top five actresses and top five directors. We will be re- revisiting our top ten list and seeing how they change. Because I don't know about you, Dave, so mine has changed significantly. Mine has as well. So we'll be revisiting that, and that'll be our last episode for the semester as we take a break over the summer. Maybe an episode or two here and there over the summer, but then we'll be back uh, next year at the start of the semester for year number two, season two of Through the Lens. But we thank you all for joining us on this episode dealing with the Oscars Best Picture. We talked about eight films in total and made our picks. I picked The Father, Davis picked Sound and... Hey, go ahead and tune into the Oscars or even comment on any of our posts who you think deserves any of those awards. Best actor, best actress, best picture, best director, even best score, because you know I'd like that. And we will see you all next week. Once again, thank you for joining us, and have a great weekend.